0: and welcome to the codex cantina as we are wrapping up our faulkner syllabus program with shingles for the lord today i
1: want to help you build a church
0: welcome to the codex cantina where i am una
1: and i do not have shingles crypto
0: We are going heavy into detail on Shingles for the Lord by William Faulkner. If you are new to our channel we do literature discussions where we bring out the interpretations and hidden meanings in what we read. If you are down for a journey like that please hit the subscribe button.
1: And as always we start off with publication information this was published in the Saturday Evening Post in 1943 and we'll leave a link down below in the description box where you can read or listen for free. So if
0: you are new we are going to do a quick plot recap to make sure we're all on the same page for <laughs> the good old billy faulk you never know but this is one of his more accessible stories why did i include this on the faulkner certificate program i didn't want to include a full book like the reavers but i did want to show off the comedy side of william faulkner this isn't going to have a lot of the literary merit that some of his other pieces do but it is going to show off some of the comedy and i think we're going to have some fun with biblical allusions today so we're going to do a quick plot recap and then jump into some of our analysis. For plot, our narrator is a young Greer son of Ress Greer, but we're not really sure which son it is. These are the Greers from Two Soldiers, if you have watched that video of ours. But Gress is a yeoman farmer who must borrow tools from others. He arrives late one morning to help lay shingles on the roof of the church. The men wait for him and start to debate on their usage of time as they wait for him. And soon they get to negotiating for a feist dog of Greer's. He attempts to screw over Salam further by coming back that night to peel off the shingles from the roof that they had laid that day. However, as things always do in a Faulkner piece, things don't go as planned. Greer sets the church ablaze as his lamp was lighting the night and soon lights the place on fire. Yeah, that's that's kind of the story in a nutshell, I would say.
1: So we had a barn burning at the end.
0: Ah! Yeah. See what I did there? So you better, Faulkner you, joke. And, and you, well, you haven't even read Barn Burning yet. You need to get on that if you plan to pass your Faulkner certificate program.
1: I'm going to cheat. <laughs>
0: All right. So, why is this story frequently assigned at a collegiate level? It's interesting because when you read a lot of syllabus or class programs, you'll see that a lot of teachers recommend this from a, a comedy side. It's good to break down the humor in this. Some students don't know that it's okay to laugh and think that stories are funny. And this is a good piece and very accessible piece of Faulkner to kind of show
1: that. I think one of the key ingredients that's included in this piece is to show how the mundane can be written and how that it can be turned into something that is funny and that it is something that you can then analyze and and receive benefit from it. Because it's a very simple story just about a guy going amongst his day. It's
0: very reminiscent of his first few chapters of Go Down Moses or the Reavers, as we said earlier, without having to do the full engagement of a book. Now, with that said, I think I got some fun biblical allusions. If you're new to Faulkner and his biblical allusions, they're not meant to interpret the Bible. Instead, it's meant to enrich his text with meanings from the Bible into his story. So what we want to do is talk about a very specific parable that I think will add a lot of extra emotional meaning to the story, but I don't think that changes kind of the fun of the story, if you will.
1: They're kind of meshing together. So
0: first, let's talk about the era. I'm going to hand it over to our channel's historian, Crypto.
1: As we've said many times before, in this post-Civil War era, slavery has been outlawed, and now they're trying to incorporate these free people into the farming regime of the South, and how are they going to do that? So you have basically two sets of farmers. You have the white yeoman farmers, and you have the black tenant farmers, and they're trying to vie for spots of farming in this new era. The yeoman farmers are lower class, so they're not making as, as much money. They're farming very small plots of land. These are subsistence farmers, so they're making just barely enough for them to survive and not really a lot of extra to sell to become wealthy. So these are very, very poor people. That's what we try to reiterate here. And with that, they have to borrow their tools. They have to borrow money. They have to borrow seeds. They're borrowing everything. And with that brings in the incorporation of the North China support with the WPA. And this WPA is the Work Project Administration. And this is set to help give money uh, to these people to try to get them started so they can be successful on their own.
0: Well, the Great Depression's happening, right? A lot of businesses are shutting down. People need work. WPA was a way that a, a landowner could get work and have guaranteed pay for that individual without the pay coming out of their their pocket directly where they didn't have money. Yeah,
1: exactly. So the government is subsidizing and paying for these people to do work or not to do specific work, specifically the farmers, because they are struggling so much because of the Great Depression. Okay,
0: so where do we get down with breaking this story? It's very funny. It's very entertaining. I don't ever want to take away from that. But I think we need to really talk about Matthew, which If you know Faulkner, it seems like most of his allusions come from either the Old Testament or Matthew. I I don't know if he's read other parts of the Bible, interestingly (laughs) enough. But Matthew 21 to 16 is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Are you familiar with that one, Crypto?
1: Vaguely. It's been a while since I read the book of Matthew.
0: For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers in his vineyard, he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Okay, so with this biblical parable, typically these are written to kind of explain what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be like from a a Christian Bible perspective. And we're saying a landowner is going to pay a worker a denarius so the exchange is one denarius for one day's work and if you didn't know the bible's workday starts at about 6 a.m and goes till maybe 4 or 5 p.m during the day it's typically sunrise to sunset a farmer's workday is the idea and and these people in this time were very poor from a biblical standpoint with me so far
1: yep following along Oh, I, I see. I see it right now. You, you, you have this beautiful line of paralleling this story with this this uh, Bible verse. I love it. Keep going. You're on fire. So, a,
0: so about nine in the morning, he, the landowner, went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, "You also go work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right." So they went. So it's nine now. Three hours later, after. The previous workers had already started and he says i will pay you what is right and remember he promised the previous people that started at 6 a.m one denarius for one day's one full day's worth of work and here three hours later the denarius well uh, what's right is what was offered to these people right so Hmm. you're thinking probably a little bit less than a denarius is the idea because they're not working as much is what you would expect at this point in time right
1: Right. I feel like they're getting swindled here. (laughs) Well,
0: and like we said, the Bible workday ends about 4 or 5 p.m., so they're all going to stop at the same time, but they're not starting at the same time. Right, right. And we have some references to this. We have the Salon Work Unit Quick is kind of what they refer to Salon as. the kind of starts this conversation out about how how they should start work, when they should start work, because remember, they were all sitting around waiting for the Greer man to arrive to start work.
1: Yeah, and that's where we get that funny exchange then about... Them, them working on God's time. Yeah, I mean, the
0: story is called Shingles for the Lord, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so to continue our parable, he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. After five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? And they replied, because no one has hired us. And he says, he said to them, you also go out and work in my vineyard. So again, we have later and later people being hired to come work in the Lord's, in the man's vineyard, right? Yep. And we have the same conversation with the WPA in terms of when does this workday start for the gentlemans in Yakna County.
1: Yeah, and how much they're going to get paid for that work.
0: Right. And they're both being backed by, you know, in the Bible by the Lord. In, in this story, it's by the WPA backing up the, the farmers to be paid.
1: So an establishment is backing it. So it feels right. more secure.
0: Right, right. All right, so to wrap this baby up, when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Oh, so now we're going to see how much the people who work the lease are going to get paid and everyone after them, the people who've been working since 6 a.m. are going to have to see how much they're getting paid and they can see how much is considered right at this point correct yes so the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a full denarius so when those came who were hired first they expected to receive more but each one of them also received a denarius when they received it they began to grumble against the landowner those who were hired last worked only one hour they said and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? and Burn. Uh, yeah, right. So, very interesting story, and we're not blind to what the Bible stories are in terms of, there's a lot of different ways to teach this. There's the idea of um, when did you start to worship the Lord, like the chosen people versus people who came later to worship the Lord, yet they both receive the gift of the kingdom of heaven.
1: This guy sounds like an economist, man. <laughs> I love the argument with the, the money. Agreed.
0: And, and there's also a lot of interpretations and teachings from the Lord can do what he want with his grace. He can give the grace and salvation to whom he sees appropriate depending on your view of salvation but he can give his love and you know ration out his own resources the way that god sees fit are the two main ways to kind of teach this so we're not blind to that but again faulkner isn't doing this to teach the bible he's using the bible to enrich his his story
1: yeah exactly
0: so in this story we have a lot of conversations about when does a workday start and stop, just like this parable, and we have some interesting conversations about the dog, right? Can you really own half of a dog? Like, does that even make sense? Like, We're going to timeshare this dog?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You get him four days a week, I get him three days a week, and then we flip every other week, and we'll make exceptions on Christmas. (laughs) So
0: we have some conversations here, too, where everybody seems to be outwitting each other, right? And there's conversations of greed in the same way that in the parable of the vineyard, the workers who worked longest wanted more for their work, even though they initially agreed to one denarius for the day when they saw other people do it for less hours you can view that as a form of greed, of wanting to be paid more. Every character in this story also exhibits forms of greed in a sense, whether it be attempting to rip the shingles off of the the church just to make someone work harder, whether it be the double dealings of selling whose share of the feist to other people. Everyone's exhibited a way of wanting something from other people and trying to exploit that roughly. You can see that this Bible... Doesn't explain or justify the reasons why the Greer or Solon have behaved the way they do, but it enriches that feeling of feeling like you're deserved more when you have an initial agreement.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that every character kind of overstepped what their expectations were in this, and kind of strange that they're supposed to be good Christians doing a deed for the Lord, but they want more and more and more, and they're exhibiting all of these sins. It kind of takes us to the last thing here of the Lord and the idea of this parable and the New South and Old South and how Faulkner fits that all together. And I have a quote for you here. You don't seem to keep up with these modern ideas about work that's been flooding and uplifting the country in the last few years.
0: Yeah, I think there's some questions here about that, right? What does what 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 could these modern ideas about work possibly mean? I think we've explored the WPA, right, in terms of backing hours and, and the parable of the vineyard pretty well. But I think arguably one could interpret this from these new ways of work. The South is going through a big change still about how do I pay for work, especially in these hard times too. Because we used to own labor. We used to own slaves. And now, now we got to pay for that work.
1: Yeah, I think that Faulkner's doing another good job here in this story of exhibiting how the South is evolving and changing the fact that they didn't think it was going to be possible that they survived on paying their slaves because it's always just been done this way and now they're thinking how we're going to incorporate these people and what do we pay them that was a big question of you know how many hours they're working or how many days are they working they didn't know what to do with all of that Uh, and and of course and then the former slaves they didn't know how to deal with that either because they didn't know their own worth or their own value
0: well and that not to get controversial but that also sounds like a very northern message where i would argue maybe some southern previous slave owners weren't thinking what should i pay them so much as how do i extract as much work out of them by paying them the littlest amount of possible again that's true of other people but there was a lot more abuses put onto the ex-slave now freed african-american community because of jim crow laws at the time too
1: yeah, sure. And I, th- I think that the, maybe the individual uh, plantation owner is obviously going to try to maximize their own profits, sure. But I think that a lot of times it's going to be the bank's That are the ones that are going to be providing for these subsistence farmers. So these free blacks are now having to go to the banks to get loans to be able to pay for the subsistence farming, um, the sharecropping that they're doing on there. So I think that might be more in relation to kind of what I was trying to point out that yes, obviously, I think that the former slave owners are, are going to still be quote, you know, doing wrong as much as possible.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, because you'll notice this story focuses on the yeoman farmers, right? And they were impacted really heavily at this time because they never were had enough money to own any slaves. They were typically subsistence farmers, as you pointed out earlier. Bull weevil, Great Depression come around, what do they do, right? They're, they're facing all of these pressures to change their way of life that They weren't even directly participating in the act of slavery, but now must participate in new ways of viewing time and labor at this point in time in history, too.
1: Yeah, true. And on top of all that, they're having to be competitive against one another for the very first time because it always been them versus the slaves Mm. or them Mm. versus the North or them versus everybody else. And they were kind of this collective unit. Even if you were a poor white farmer, you were still included in with the rich plantation owners because of your race. And now Mm. it's this uh, them versus us. And it didn't matter who you were white, black, poor, rich, everybody's kind of having to be out for their own. And that's a big shift in the Southern mentality.
0: Well, I got one more for This is actually turning into more fun than I thought. (laughs) I got one more for you. So not only does Greer take tools, he has to borrow tools from Killigrew, right? Like Yeoman Farmer, he doesn't own a lot of stuff. He also must borrow time from the Eternal. He borrows time from God in a sense too. I never thought about that. That's kind of interesting as well.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's borrowing time from God. Oh, oh,
0: okay, hang on, hang on, I'm sorry. Here comes another one. (laughs) You could arguably, this is a little bit looser, you could arguably make a comparison that Greer is performing carpentry at this point in time. Oh, (laughs) snap, right? Okay, okay. So uh, while this piece is fantastic for its humor, fantastic for comparing even to barn burning, Uh, If you just came off of barn burning, and I think it's right after barn burning in his uh, collected stories, you got a young boy narrator falling around adults through innocence, exploring a story. Both of them end up burning a object of desire, wealth, and power in the story. I think you can see a lot of biblical allusions and value given to the story as well as we've kind of discussed today. So. While it's not often studied to the level that perhaps barn burning is, I do think there's more merit in this than what scholars currently give. It.
1: Agreed. And I think that can take us to our rating section where if you make me laugh and you can take, I would argue, everyday, mundane, you know, boring life and turn it into an interesting story, entertain me, make it into a comedy, and then weave in some pretty good biblical references to enrich your story... I'm giving this one a solid eight all around. Bam. I mean, this one is 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 good. It's good and does not get enough credit or or merit.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Now, for me, I'm going to do my two breakdowns where I'm going to give you an enjoyment and an analytical for my enjoyment. I, it made me laugh. It's a very funny story. The, the Southern hijinks are always hysterical with William Faulkner. Now, with that said, it's to me, this didn't hit me as funny as maybe the beginning of Go Down Moses or how much the reavers hit me as well so i'm gonna go with an 8.5 just for a pure inspectional fun reading now for analytics this is a little bit weaker i feel like these points they do come around to greed there is points there from the bible but it's not nearly as complex or advanced as maybe as faulkner's other work so for analytics i'm probably going to give it like a 5 out of 10 because i think this one was meant for more enjoyment from what i can that,
1: tell that's a good score i think for both that's fair This is definitely one that you're going to have to pull a little bit more out of because it's such a simpler
0: story. So what's that equate to? About, if I round up to a seven, roughly, so seven seven out of 10. Good, good story. I'm, I wanted to include one with some humor in it because people who do want to go through this Faulkner certificate or do only read his novels, like, like Sound and the Fury and Absalom, Absalom, you are missing out on some great comedic aspects of this American writer. Yeah,
1: I know we said it before, but I do want to reiterate that this is a very accessible piece. And I think this is a great place to introduce yourself to Yacopitanafa County.
0: Well, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on today's literature discussion. If you are down for more discussions like this, please make sure you hit that subscribe button to join us on the literature adventure. Una out.
1: Peace.